Hey, Don. Hello, Zach. This week, I want to talk about milk. Sports Illustrated had sort of a fascinating article about the rise and sort of decline of milk in our society and especially with athletes. And here's the best paragraph I read. Milk is still pasteurized and homogenized as Wilt Chamberlain's carton boasted, but it also has been lionized and demonized, canonized and eulogized, weaponized and publicized. Got milk? Milk has left society in general and sports in particular polarized. It has been argued about for at least the past 10,000 years, writes Mark Kurlansky in his 400-page history of milk called Milk. It is the most argued over food in human history. Former Cardinals, Titans, and Lions defensive end Kyle Vandenbosch drank two gallons a day in high school. Vegan athletes like Cam Newton and Kyrie Irving won't touch it with a 10-foot crazy straw. Pasteurized, homogenized, modified, and marginalized, Will Chamberlain's greatest moment also marked the last great peak for milk, whose consumption in America by 1962 had already been in decline for 10 straight years. Milk consumption in the U.S. has now been in decline for 70 consecutive years. And Don, this article just goes on to talk all about milk and which athletes maybe have drank a lot of it, which athletes do not like it, all of the milk substitutes that are out there. What did you think about the article? I've been sold on milk. I drank a lot of milk growing up. I'm six foot six. I'm four inches taller than my next tallest family member. Must have been the milk, right? Do you actually believe that, though? Because I had a friend growing up, he hated the taste of milk. In fact, he uh, put apple juice on his Fruit Loops. As a kid, I used to be like, you have to have milk. You're going to be short your whole life. And his parents were nodding right along with me. And they're like, yeah, you're just going to be short if you don't drink milk. And I don't know. He seems like he's average height nowadays. Well, there's no way to tell. There's no way that you're going to set up a double blind procedure and have somebody (laughs) drink milk all their life and another identical twin not drink milk and then see what happens. But I I do believe I'm very tall and I drank a lot of milk. It seems like it's not an accident. Wilt as well. I don't know if we can actually do the study, but it's got protein. It's got calcium. It's good. It's got some good stuff in there. A little bit of sugar too, but can't be wrong. After we read, actually recently in our household, the boys have gone back to milk. They drank milk a lot as little kids, but then not much at dinner, but they've been started lifting weights a lot. And I told them there's protein in milk. So we've, we're back on the milk train in our household. How many gallons a day are you, or how many gallons a week are you guys buying? I would say we probably go through two, three gallons a week in our house, probably half gallon a day. Okay. As a kid, I remember regularly going to the the grocery store with my dad and we would buy three to four gallons of milk. Milk was drank at least at dinner. It was usually kind of, if you didn't want water, you drank milk. And then we were big cereal eaters growing up and therefore used to have two bowls of cereal. And of course you had a ton of milk there, but my kids don't really like milk. I think I buy one gallon maybe a week or every two weeks. I have one child that will put it on cereal, but neither of them really like eat cereal. And therefore, it just kind of makes me wonder if the diet changes. I feel like more people tell me they don't like milk now than they ever did back when we were growing up. Well, there's also lots of milk alternatives now. So there are people that have trouble processing milk and they don't drink it for that reason. But now there's mud, many available. There's soy milk, there's almond milk, there's uh, coconut milk. And you know what all these things have in common? They're not milk. Milk <laughs> comes from mammals. 
Soy is not a mammal. Coconuts, not mammals. Almonds, not mammals. They are not milk. They are juice. Soy juice, almond juice, coconut juice. It's fine. All of it tastes okay. I'm partial to coconut milk. I like it a lot, but it's not milk. It is juice. And that's fine if you want to drink juice. I have no problem with it. It's probably better for the welfare of the cows, probably better for climate change. Although I'm not sure almonds, they use so much water and they grow these things in the desert. But that is what it is. There's a lot of alternatives. You don't have to drink milk anymore. Starbucks will tell you how many alternatives there are. You're right. There are lots of alternatives. Although I don't see soy milk or goat milk or almond milk or rice milk. I never see them promoting themselves as you're going to grow tall, big and strong. They just kind of sit there so that, I don't know, people can buy them and then be snarky at people who just don't want to drink milk. Well, yeah, I think they're advertising to those that like the flavor or are lactose intolerant or feel they're lactose intolerant. I mean, I think everybody wants to be able to customize to what they desire. And if those are the things they desire, then by all means, go for it. It's interesting because the the article kind of just goes on to talk about how like Wilt Chamberlain after his 100 point game, he celebrated by drinking a half gallon of milk. The, the, you know, I couldn't kind of believe that because I was like, I can't think of anything more unsatisfying after you've been running up and down a basketball court than drinking milk. Did you ever celebrate a race by drinking milk right after? No, I know they celebrate the Indy 500 that way, but no, absolutely not. That sounds awful. I did pound the milk in college, especially the chocolate milk. We never had chocolate milk growing up. So I just pounded that in the dorm in college. But that was just like trying to feed the machine. So no, I, I've not done that right after a race. I don't think I'd do it. But the biggest PR campaign and the biggest death of milk really is the constant stream of drink more water, drink water, drink bottled water, drink unbottled water, use this water bottle. You have to drink so many cups of water. Tom Brady is drinking water constantly. I mean, these, this is the PR campaign that I think is doomed milk is that water is the ultimate drink to be drinking all the time. And the varieties of water, whether it be caffeinated or with aloe or with whatever, it's just water, 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 water. Do you think that's a good campaign to have? Or are we at this point maybe overhydrated? I mean, you and I have talked about the too many water bottles in schools. And I, and I feel like we got too many kids that are overhydrated there. But in society, I don't know, I, it used to be that like milk was like subsidized at school and stuff like that. And you're right, maybe we just, uh, they, they lost the ad battle there. I wonder, I don't think it's true. But uh, when I was a kid in elementary school, there would be a lady that would bring down a cart full of milk every day. And we'd have Twin Pines milk. You could get chocolate or vanilla. I preferred chocolate. And that came every single day. I don't know if that's a government subsidy or a giveaway to the dairy industry, but that was something that we just did. And I looked forward to it for sure. But I don't think that's the case anymore. When was the first time you saw somebody carrying a water bottle around? Like that was part of their life. They carried a water bottle all the time. When I was in college, there were a couple of kids that kind of, you know, they had one of those carabiner belt loops. If you remember, that was kind of cool oh, yeah. to put your car keys on there. And I think a couple of kids started putting a, a water bottle there. But to be honest, I feel like water bottle as an attachment to your hand phenomenon began in the mid 2000s. I feel like it was a couple of years into my teaching career that all of a sudden everybody had a water bottle. I knew some pretty elite athletes who wore, carried water bottles in the mid 90s. 
late nineties, but uh, nobody else. And I don't think it really got popular until like you said, early two thousands, but yeah, now it is appendage. People carry their water bottles with them all the time, myself included. And so before that, we were just looking for a drinking fountain all the time. You get a drink. Hey, Miss so-and-so, can I get a drink? Like I lived and die for drinking fountains. But did you ever feel like, okay, so let's say you are like, man, I've not drank enough water today or my water bottle is not empty yet. Because that's how a lot of people now kind of do it is they almost like carry it around as like a reminder that you need to keep drinking water all day. But if you like said, you know what, I didn't drink milk today, you're probably going to bed feeling okay about yourself, right? Well, I'll, I'll have some milk tomorrow or whatever. Whereas it seems like, I don't know, back in the 1940s, people were drinking milk all the time. You had the milkman come to your house, right? And people were pushing it on you as, hey, you need to drink milk or hey, finish your milk. You can't leave the dinner table. They said like, you know, Ted Williams, for instance, was drinking, you know, two quarts after most of his games and stuff like that. That is a ton of milk. Well, that was also pre-Gatorade, which was the other solution to the after competition thing. Also, I think people snacked less. You ate meals, less snacks, less Slurpees on the road. Food was harder to come by and took more time. So other than fast food was relatively small for a long time. Now it's just everywhere. You can get food anywhere, anyway. They make Cheetos in a cup so you can drink them while you're driving. <laughs> I mean, that probably was milk once upon a time. And maybe it's a bit of a meal replacement or a snack. Because a glass of whole milk, that's, that's, that's some power. That's true. That's true. And they even kind of broke down, you know, your boy there, Jim Harbaugh, loves his whole milk and still believes in it. NBA basketball player, Manute Bull, who was 7'7", he drank three gallons of milk a day. That's insane, the amount of milk there. I just don't know how you're even holding all of that. Is it a rumor or is it, is it true that you can't drink a gallon of milk in an hour? I think your stomach would be in bad shape. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a thing like that. I don't think we should endorse that challenge or any of the other challenges that result in negative health effects. But yeah, you could do that. I mean, it is a source of protein and it's an inexpensive protein. Eggs and milk are inexpensive protein. It's a way to consume calories and protein. If you want to build muscle and so forth, sure. Why not go for a little milk? You are getting sugar in there though. About 12 grams of sugar for about eight ounces of milk. I think that's one of those hidden items that has more sugar in it than you'd think. That's not even chocolate. That's what people (laughs) love is the chocolate milk. Well, there's that, and again, I don't know if this has been proven or if it's more of a pseudoscience for a while there, as people were kind of poo-pooing Gatorade because it did have too much sugar in there. They were saying, no, the real thing you should have is chocolate milk after a workout. You're getting those proteins. You're getting that sugar back in your body. Would you subscribe to that one or would you just say, eh, just drink whatever you want to drink? I did read some research that like you get better muscle gain if you eat some protein or consume some protein right after workout and milk would do the job there. It's not something that I really focused on, but probably would be a good idea. I mean, there's so much of this database and taking all your performance down to the smallest detail because that's what gets you the best performance. And I have a friend named Kevin Sullivan who was the uh, top five in the world three times. And he has said, it's about the details. It's about the little things and all those little things add up. And he, not only was he incredibly talented and incredibly hardworking and meticulous, he did all the little things, which is eating the right thing, drinking the right thing, stretching for the right amount of time. 
And those things add up. There's a way that these people get so much better than everyone else. If they are elite athletes with chefs and dietitians and so forth, it all helps. So does it make you go from bad to good? No, but it'll make you 0.001% better. And that might be the margin that you need. So was your friend drinking milk then? I don't know if Kevin was drinking a lot of milk. I'd, I'd have to ask him. He's, that's what uh, I want to know. I want to know if that's the 1%. <laughs> I'll have to ask. I doubt it, but I'll ask. I'll find out. He's drinking lots of water. He had a water bottle early. There is a, um, a world-class middle distance runner. Her name is L. Purier. And uh, she says whenever she goes to a meet or whenever she's moving to a town to go train, first thing she does is loads up on chocolate, plain. And to me, this just seems gross. Strawberry flavored milk. I'm also out on strawberry flavored milk. Yeah, those I'm sure she's trying to really be de detailed in her health accounting. So I'm sure it's not just that. So you didn't have a coach then when you were at Michigan that was like, guys, no one leaves this room until your gallon of milk has been uh, consumed. No, that would be quite the opposite. <laughs> well, I guess maybe even grosser than strawberry milk is uh, former quarterback Colt McCoy used to drink raw milk that was unpasteurized. Mm -hmm. There you go. Straight out of the cow. Straight out of the cow. Yeah, there was even a quote about that, basically. I think that stuff's illegal in many places. You have to have pasteurized milk. They're, they're afraid you'll get sick. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know. Way back in the day, isn't that like what humanity was doing? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, I mean, just like eggs have salmonella, my son tells me it's one in every 10,000 eggs have salmonella, so we shouldn't really worry about it when he eats raw cookie dough. So, uh, yeah, I guess so. Maybe people got sick. Maybe they got used to being a little sick now and again. We're a little bit safety conscious, as you know. That's true. They had this milk ad from like the 1940s or 50s, and I think it was a way to try and get people to drink more milk and it, and it came off and here here's was the ad it said sometimes young men between 16 and 20 get the foolish idea that milk is a sissy drink of course if they were to see the training tables where husky football players eat they would soon change their mind and it just kind of goes on to talk about how like you're not a man if you're not drinking milk and yet that, that kind of an ad seems to kind of hit where milk's peak of 1941. During that year, the average American was drinking 744 glasses of milk per year. But doesn't an ad like that seem like it would almost turn people off from wanting to drink milk and to seek out other options? That's too masculine. That's too, um, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel right anymore in our, in our society today. And therefore, does that explain why some people aren't drinking milk? Yeah, I don't think we're glorifying the quote-unquote husky and shaming the sissies anymore. <laughs> but uh, I do think that maybe it's more of a pursuit of a different type of lifestyle. Um, if, they could, if they could advertise milk as a protein and muscle gain, I'm sure you could find a group of people that'd be really interested. Um, have you looked up the liver king? You should check out the liver king. He eats nothing but liver, and he's huge. <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe we sounds... need the milk king. Yeah, you need you need sort of the new spokesperson because I think that's it is while you're like, hey, I'm six foot six and I drank a ton of milk as a kid, therefore it worked for me. I, again, I can point at my buddy who just put apple juice on the Fruit Loops and never had milk and I think he's doing okay for himself. Therefore, it seems like does milk just get the benefit of maybe having the best 
advertising campaign ever with no science to actually back it up where it was milk does a body good and everybody walked around uh, believing you needed milk to grow up and be strong and yet we don't actually know if it's true yeah fair enough i mean it's a better better model than uh just say no to drugs because that one didn't work but maybe milk had it branding right Maybe. I mean, can you think of any other food that sort of benefited from the idea of you need to eat a lot of this because the health effects are really good? Uh, give me a second. What's really good? For Blueberries are good for you. Kale. Oh, but- kale. People sure. talk about kale all the time. It's not well, that but- tasty. I eat a good amount of kale, but yeah, people, kale is a huge thing. And also probably a uh, the uh, people from Ducks Unlimited or that uh, duck hunting show. They probably aren't huge fans. They probably reject this kale notion. But I feel like kale, kale had its moment, like, I don't know, three, four, five years ago. And for like a couple of months, it was like, oh, you got to get more kale. It's a quote unquote superfood. And I feel like blueberries then got the spotlight for a couple of weeks, you know, almonds or pistachios, everybody kind of like comes and goes, but none of these foods are ever adopted on the sort of quantity that it seems like milk was at one point. Yeah, cranberries got a good sale agent, sales agent. They got a good representation there. You got cran grape, cran apple, cranberry. Cran, mm-hmm. You got cran everything. You, cranberries really done a good sale. You got craisins. They, they got a good sales agent there. Whoever's representing cranberry. The ocean spray people. Yeah, aren't you supposed to do like a juice cleanse with cranberries or something like that? That sounds awful. I'm out. But yes, sure enough, I do know somebody that is a that is always talking about cleanses, and I'm always a little repulsed and want to change the subject. Are you concerned then that they said since basically uh, the beginning of the 21st century, every year milk consumption has continues to decline by 1%. In the 2010s, it's now decreasing by about 2.6% per year. Does this just mean that like milk is going to become this sort of niche product that people sort of every once in a while drink? People seem to buy a lot of it at Costco and you got to put in, I like my cereal with milk on it. Um, your friend that uses apple juices, that's disgusting, but I think you got a solid group there probably for the better, right? Less cows, cows contribute a lot of, ne- of uh, methane to global climate change. We need to get away from cows, get away from milk. They're probably hey. eating healthier, lower uh, impact foods, right? No, it's interesting because I was thinking along the same lines of, I feel like whenever we talk about the global warming issue and the methane gas that gets released every time a cow farts or burps, it's always the beef cows that we demonize. We never blame the dairy cows for this issue. And is that just good advertising by big milk? Yeah, I think so. Maybe they're like big sugar. You can't mess with them. They're just too powerful. They've got their finger in every pot. They'll, uh, They'll agitate. Uh, yeah, milk. The milk industry has got to be losing money, though. I mean, the quantity's changing. They were selling a ton of milk overseas, but that's falling. I know we have a ton of surplus cheese, something like 70 pounds per American citizen sitting around somewhere in a government warehouse. We are we if it's maybe the cheese problem, too, although we seem to find ways to put cheese in crust and everything else. On my dad's side, there's sort of a, a family farm. And it was a fairly small dairy operation, but for hundreds of for at least a hundred years, the the farm supported itself and supported supported the farmers there. And it was a dairy farm. But my dad just always kept talking about, as I was sort of born and, and growing up, how the economics of dairy farming were just horrible, and the price of milk was just 
really bad and always getting lower and therefore you had to get that economies of scale. So only the larger and larger kind of factory farms could even make the economics work. But he said there was a weird blip. I believe it was like early 90s when Pizza Hut came up with the stuffed crust pizza. And all of a sudden, like there was just this surge in cheese demand. And all of a sudden, the price of uh, of milk just kind of spiked. And people were making hay, I guess, for a couple of years. Yeah, I'm sure that was the only outcome of all that stuffed stuffed crust pizza. Certainly no negative health outcomes from eating all that. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, I can't remember if it was like Vox.com or something like that had a graph of like, here's how America got fat in like five different graphs. And they showed this graph of America's cheese consumption starting in the 1980s. And just imagine like this vertical rocket line just sprinting fast. And it was like, I guess we've been doing a lot of cheese over the last 30 years. Cheese is heavy. That's that sits like a rock in your stomach. Can't eat that much. But yes, uh, there's cheese, cheese sticks, fried cheese sticks. There you go. That's a way to use up our milk. Uh, I I don't know. I think probably drinking raw, drinking milk, just milk, milk, not chocolate milk, not uh, eating cheese. It's probably fairly healthy. I don't know. I got to assume Americans still love ice cream. So wouldn't like our ice cream and cheese and cheesecake consumption make up for what we're not drinking. We're just consuming it differently. Yeah, but look in the ice cream aisle. There's a whole ton of non-dairy stuff there. And I think people think the non-dairy is healthier. It's not that much healthier, but it is non-dairy. But they see that and I think they can conflate it in their their head with this is probably good for me because it's made from almonds and almonds are good or whatever it is. And so there is a lot of non-dairy ice cream. You should look it up. Yeah, I I think I've tried it. It just doesn't to me, uh, taste, taste very good. I'm going to eat ice cream. I want to eat real ice cream. Well, then I guess my other question to you is like in economics, for instance, milk is always a classic example of an inelastic good, right? It's a good that has few substitutes. When the price goes up, people still tend to buy it. Do you think that's true? Or do we need to now start allowing almond milk and soy milk to sit there as equal alternatives and therefore if the price of milk goes up maybe it's a more elastic good than inelastic good i've used this example in class and um the way i think about it is this is i say find out who in the class is a soy juice drinker or almond juice drinker and i say all right let's say the price of almond juice increases by 50 percent. are you going to switch to soy or rice juice or cow's milk they said, no, no, I, the almond milk's my thing. I'm going to stick with it. Okay, fair enough. That means it's almond milk's inelastic. And if you talk to kids that are drinking cow's milk as well, it's the same situation. People like their thing and they're going to stick with their thing, whether it costs more. So I still think it's inelastic good for people that buy it. It's just that not everybody buys it anymore. And that just sort of seems to be the interesting point of the whole article is the consumption keeps going down. Nobody quite seems to know exactly where the floor is. Now, somebody in the article says, no, think this will come back. Americans are going to start consuming more milk again. Do you agree with that? Do you think uh, this is a a cyclical thing? I don't know. We're having fewer and fewer kids. Kids seem to be big milk consumers. There's a lot of people concerned with sugar. I think there's a lot of alternatives. I'm not sure this is a trend coming back. The best hope they gave was that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, superstar Giannis, I can barely say his last name. Uh, Can you say it? Akadentumpo. 
Yes. That's not right, but something like that. They said that Giannis had recently discovered that milk and Oreos go really well together. And they said that's what's going to somehow bring this back is people finding new alternatives for milk. But dunking milk or dunking Oreos in milk is not going to use up a lot. I mean, we're talking about people that used to drink gallons a day. I'm, if I'm the milk uh, consortium, I'm not excited that people are finding just sort of a niche use for it. No, they are not. They need to find another thing to do with it. Put it in dog food or something like that. <laughs> then you can have a bunch of indigestion by dogs across the country. <laughs> well, then final question. So we, we started this discussion with the idea that for a long time, and maybe even still today, people had a belief that milk would help you grow tall and strong. The other thing that I remember growing up that was like a standard belief was that if kids drank coffee and consumed caffeine, they would become short. Did you ever hear of this, uh, this belief? Yes, yes, yes. This is a, this is a well-held belief, well-known. Um, I have a fast-growing uh, teenager. I've threatened to get him on cigarettes and coffee to slow him down so he doesn't grow any faster. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's accurate, but I do remember hearing it. I, I still think... It's amazing because I remember sitting at my friend's like breakfast table with his parents. His parents were very educated people. His dad was an audiologist. And yet he, with a straight face, was adamant that my, his, uh, my friend and myself were not going to be drinking coffee because we would become short. And I kind of just wonder, like, what percentage of America still believes that coffee will stunt your growth? I don't know. Some percentage believes it. I think I grew three inches after I started drinking coffee when I was like 19. So yeah, I think it didn't, didn't affect me, but I'm sure it does. Well, maybe it did. Maybe I could have been in the NBA. If I was 6'10", I would have played in the NBA. But no, I don't think it really affects it. You could have been 7'7", seven, seven, drinking three gallons of milk a day. If I was 7'7", seven, seven, I'd be uh, living a different lifestyle. Yes, Probably yes. Probably hitting my head a lot. You'd need a very long car just to fit in there. Yeah, it's not my thing, as you know. The other great statistic they gave in the article is that 7% of Americans to this day believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> well, it makes sense. I mean, uh, brown eggs from come from brown chickens, then chocolate milk's got to come from chocolate cows, right? Uh, yeah, I, I've always thought the brown cow's a little weird. And if I could, if I knew it, I would not want to drink the brown cow's milk. Then does the Cadbury bunny have Cadbury eggs? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Why not? The bunnies aren't <laughs> bunnies are mammals. That makes no sense. <laughs> but I got to assume that would be uh, at least polling at a couple of percent that people would say, yes, oh, that I'm, bunny has magical chocolate eggs. I'm sure it's much higher than a couple percent. Oh, well, Don, it's been a pleasure talking with you this week, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Yes, maybe over a glass of milk. I just bought some. I bought a box of milk at Costco, little containers, put them in the fridge. My kids are throwing them down. After we read this article, we're back on a little bit more of a milk train here. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, you're going with the organic milk if you're, if you're buying it from the boxes, huh? Yeah, or more importantly, the grab and go. We we got we got to grab and go a lot of times, and so this will be something to consume on the way to the weight room or practice or to the next thing. Well, give them that milk and a stick of butter, and they'll be uh, they'll they'll get they'll get all they need. Hey, I read an article about these two guys that skied across Antarctica. 
and they brought one, no, it was a single guy, and he brought um, one pair of underwear because everything he pulled on the sled behind him, he didn't want to weigh himself down with the second pair of underwear for this week's long journey. But he did bring a ton of butter because butter has more calories per ounce than anything else. So butter that'll that'll fuel you right there. Yeah, tough to get down. I just or maybe your digestive system just learns to somehow process it or whatnot. I, I know there's some people that are big on like peanut butter and stuff like that because of its probably calorie efficiency or whatnot. I've read a lot about butter and coffee. I haven't tried that. I'm a black coffee guy, but uh, I've heard butter and coffee works. Oh, well, there are some people that drink like butter milk, right? Or whipping cream. I guess you can. <laughs> I don't think people drink. They may spray whipping cream from that canister into their mouth. I don't know many people that drink whipping cream. That'd be, be potent. Drink it and uh, do some jumping jacks and you'd have what, ice cream or whipped cream in your stomach or something? <laughs> Eat that and a Costco cake and go straight to the funeral home. <laughs> That's a lot of sugar. A lot of sugar. Although frosting, you gotta, you need dairy for that. Wouldn't that be another way to increase our milk consumption? You need a very, very small amount of dairy to make frosting. <laughs> That's too bad. That's too bad. It's drops of milk in a lot of <laughs> confectioner sugar. Well, I will will be interesting to see here how many more gallons of milk you go through and if my kids ever uh, pick up on it. But uh, who knows? Uh, the diet of our youth is uh, is going away, Don. I guess we're just getting too old. That's all right. Well, Don, it's been a pleasure talking to you this week and I look forward to talking with you next week. Absolutely. Have a good one, Zach. Take care.